Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome to a very special bonus episode of the Theater Podcast. Back on January 7th, Jillian and I attended a press event for the Loveville High podcast launch. Being a podcaster myself, I, I was very excited to be part of the night where they debuted what I hope will, will be a growing trend in original scripted serialized podcasts, uh, of course starring Broadway names. And what you're about to hear now is a single episode edited together from various interviews that I did throughout the evening, uh, starting off with, uh, with David Zelnick, who wrote the books and the lyrics, followed by actors Harris and Chad, Connor Ryan, and Mason Alexander Park. And then this episode actually even ends with a special interview with Adam Rothenberg, who uh, you may know better as Adam from callmeadam.com, who is a a Broadway interviewer himself. And he was also there covering the event for his website. So uh, I was really excited to meet him and get him uh, on this podcast as well. So here you go. Let's get started now with David Zelnick. So this is actually a podcast, which from in the Broadway circuit is a little bit unusual. Where did you come up with the idea? Was it you that had the idea it for it? It was me that came up with the idea. Um, yeah. I don't know exactly. I love podcasts. And uh, Eric Svekar, the composer, and I a few years ago wrote a song that we loved. And I was trying to think of ways that we could put it in the universe that wasn't sort of an invitation to something else, but was the thing itself. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought, wouldn't it be amazing if we could find New York talent to not do like advertisements for shows in New York that you can't see, but actually do a bit of amazing work and send it to the world and just live as itself. That's amazing. And it- did you seek, did you start out knowing that you wanted to do uh, nine episodes or did it just kind of evolve? No, it sort of came to me in a vision. I don't know why. Uh, I had this idea that if we told nine short stories of love, all set at one high school, all with interlocking characters, then each of these episodes could be satisfying, but wouldn't have to bear the weight of doing an entire 10-minute musical universe of itself. Right. Because uh, I've heard 10-minute musicals that are wonderful, but they have to do so much work to establish tone, world, everything, and I thought if we could do sort of a quasi-le-ronde, sort of where we follow characters through different scenes and different emotions and different relationships, in one they're the one who's in love, and one they're the one who's turned someone down, and also just some self-contained scenes that could be done in acting classes or in one-act festivals, I thought, I don't know, I thought it would be a beautiful, full event. So for for those who may not know what Loveville High is, what's your 30-second pitch? (laughs) My 30-second pitch is that it is nine short scenes about love. It is about that scary, amazing, wonderful, terrifying moment when uh, the shape of what a life in love might look like and what a relationship might look like, and it often happens to us when we're 17 or 18 years old. So, Did, did you pull from any of uh, a real-world experience for this? Sure! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not only do I draw from my life and friends' lives, I also happen to, a few days a week, tutor 17-year-olds. So <laughs> I, uh, I'm sort of privy to just glimpses of what that universe looks like and, and how much feeling and how much weight and how high the stakes are when you're that age. And uh, everything's just so important. Everything, everything becomes a symbol of how your entire life is going to be. And when you're optimistic, you think your whole life's going to be great. And when you're sad, you think you're never going to be happy again. And it's liberating as a writer to be able to write people who are so inside their feelings like that. And did you enjoy writing this any more or less than other projects that you've written? Um, you know, so 
up till now I've only written full musicals. And so when I wrote with my brother a musical called Yank, it felt very important to make an event that is iconic and uh, as itself lives to tell a story about, in that case, uh, gay history. Here I felt like as long as there's just a little moment of risk or heartbreak, a little revelation, then that would be enough. And so it is kind of new for me because each episode doesn't bear the weight of having to tell the universe. Was it hard? Uh, oh, there's very well-known Broadway people, Broadway stars who are part of this. Was it hard to, to convince them to join the project? It wasn't. <laughs> Basically, uh, we, we hired a casting director, Michael Cassara, who is wonderful. And we were going to ask some of our friends who've been on Broadway, and he said, wouldn't it be amazing to ask people who are at the cusp of their careers on, on Broadway to be these characters who are the cusp of their lives? Mm -hmm. And so he, we created a Dropbox, we shared the songs with the, our first choices, and our first choices said yes, so wow. it's really amazing. Wow. Yeah, I was very impressed with the cast list, and on our podcast, we, we, we've interviewed Ali Stroker too, so like a dear friend of ours. Um, yeah, looking through the cast list, I'm so excited. I've listened to the trailer multiple times. The first three uh, episodes are out. So. Uh, yeah, so now now it is it is great. They are out. Um, where did you come up? Was it your idea to do to do like the full boom press events and like we're here? There's a there's the step and repeat. There's like you can hear the crowd around us. I've never for a podcast launch have never experienced this before. Uh, it was it was not fully my idea. It was uh, I'm working with uh, Katie Rosen at Campfire PR, yeah. and uh, and she wanted something exuberant and fun to launch it into the world because she made me realize that there could be something sad about releasing it into the world and not having any moment to celebrate it or any way to like know that it happened. So I'm tracking our downloads. We've had 50 different people download the first three episodes mm -hmm. today, which feels amazing, but also is like, I don't know who they are. And like, so this is, this is wonderful. This is a wonderful, joyous, I don't know, stepping out for this podcast. Well, that's wonderful. So uh, when we wrap up our our normal podcast episodes, we always ask three standard closing questions. I'll ask, I'll ask you one tonight, okay. which is if you could only see one show for the rest of your life, but you can see it as many times as you want, which show would you see? Wow. Uh, I think... I think that's tough, but I think that's going to be Sweeney Todd. Good choice. Good choice. All right. Thank you so much. I Dark appreciate choice. it. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. So how can we find Loveville High? Uh, you can find it on iTunes. You can find it on Stitcher. And there's a YouTube channel. I haven't loaded them on it yet, but by tomorrow they will be on uh, on that, and they will be on the lovevillehigh.com page as well. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Next up, we have Harrison Chad, who plays Noah in episode five of Loveville High. Who is Noah? So, in the episode, my character and Troy Awada's character um, are in a locker room together. I'm sort of helping Troy. He, he just got an injury, like on his leg. Mm -hmm. And so I'm helping him out and we start to talk about like our, our life as bros. Um, and then we get into like a pretty bromantic song. And then later in the episode, there's a special detail reveal that I won't reveal yet. Um, but then we sing another song about this other person that we both know. Oh, his girlfriend. Yeah. His girlfriend. So there, there are, there's nine episodes. Uh, I, I was reading all the press materials for this. Yeah. It's all saying it's all about like 
gay relationships and straight relationships yeah. and with transgender, cisgender, all sorts of people. So yeah. how does that play into your character? So this episode um, is about two straight guys who love each other. Um, as bros. As bros, yeah. but like wishing that they were gay so that they could date each other. <laughs> That's literally the name of the song is like, I wish I, the, the line is, I wish I were gay because I'd date you. Which I find myself saying on a daily basis to all of my gay friends because it's so true. Well, I, as a straight man, to some of my straight guy yeah. friends, I've been like, you know what? Like, if I were going to be gay, you'd be my boyfriend. Exactly. Yeah. We all have that list of, like, celebrities. Yeah. But then some people also have, like, your friends where you're like, you know, if I was gay, you'd be my top choice. <laughs> I guess. When you were, when you were pitched... The, like you handed over the script and you were like oh I scripted podcast with Broadway people what was your first thought? Oh I was totally in because really? I recently got very into podcasts and I've been yearning for musical podcasts I think they're great I've only heard like improv musical podcasts before mm -hmm. but this was the first time I'd heard of like a scripted one I'm sure there have been but I was really just attracted to the material because I really like David and Eric's work and yeah. I just think it's like very funny and real and down to earth and like intimate in a way. Yeah. And podcasts usually are just listened to like on the subway when you're alone yeah. or with a lot of people, but it's only in your ears. So yeah. Did you did you get to go to your prom, your senior prom? Yeah, I did go to my prom. I David was asking me about this before my prom. I only remember really two things about my prom. Um, it was in an it was in like an aquarium museum. Eyebrow raise, like a, an aquarium, but it was also aviation. It was a weird place. It was like air and sea, <laughs> somewhere on so, Long so like a naval base, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, I was, I was at a fort. Um, I was actually in the no. Um, and then the other thing I remember were the appetizers. It was very similar to this party. A lot of mini hot dogs. A lot of good grilled cheese. Um, Hopefully yeah. there was a DJ. There was, probably. I don't know, I had just broken up with my girlfriend two weeks before. Wait, this is crazy. I broke up with my girlfriend two weeks before, and and then I asked her if she would still go to the prom with me. Well, she already had a dress. She already bought a dress. But then she said no. Oh no. So I had to, like, eager, or like, you know, very fast call up this girl I went on a teen tour with. Uh, that's embarrassing. I went to on a teen tour with this girl and I called her up and said, will you please be my prom date? It was like three days before. She's like, sure. And it was great. We had a lot of fun, but I still kind of feel bad about the other prom. And did your ex-girlfriend end up going to the prom with somebody else? No, she was a year younger. Oh. So... I really screwed her over. <laughs> Wait, you gave her the option. Well, so, yeah, but I, I should have, like, looking back as a, an adult now, I really should have waited the two weeks. I'm not sure what, <laughs> no, I needed to do it. It was like, and then later on that summer, I, like, tried to get her back. Oh, that's but, a, that's pretty high school. Yeah, it's very high yeah. school. I, like, left flowers by her door. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you're romantic at heart, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. but it was weird. <laughs> It's fine. So, yeah. getting back to Loveville. Back to Loveville, Loveville, hi. Do you, do you love, like, I like this trend of where, like, the podcast is going to have scripted content and all this stuff's going to come out. Do you, do you want to see more of this, or do you think it's kind of pulling away from the, the natural state of things? 
No, I'm so down for it because it's it's kind of like it's a new it's it's a newer art form in the sense of it's it's hearkening back to like these days of old of like old radio plays where you could listen to a radio play. I remember when I was younger, yes. I did like a a radio play of of um, what's the movie about uh, Christmas? Every time you hear a bell ringing, where he goes, what is it? What is it? What? What? Polar Express. No, 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 no. With the guy who's like, he's like, at a, he's trying to save his, like, his his life. He goes, he works at a bank. Everyone it's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life. Yeah. We did a, yeah. we did a, we did a radio play of that. And I thought it was awesome, like, with Foley and you really see how, like, a, a sound, like, soundscapes can, like, not necessarily just be on a stage yeah. and, like, in front of you or in, on TV. Just a different art form. And I think it's pushing the boundaries because most podcasts nowadays are just freeform what we're doing now just like talking right. back and forth when you have something scripted it's it's just a different form and I really I'm, oh, I'm interested in that yeah Foley artists to me I, I think they get so so like less credit, credit yeah. yeah the little credit but but when you have something especially like A Quiet Place from John Krasinski oh, right God. like you've got you've got a that Foley person deserved an Oscar yeah like yeah. the people that worked on that it's incredible and I think But I think that's the thing. It's like, it's moving in a direction in just a whole new genre. It could be a different genre of theater, like where people are, it's relatively inexpensive to produce a podcast compared to a Broadway show. Um, And I think also, weirdly, you could get more ears on it and more people. And it's a story, as I said, like a lot about different people and like the LGBTQ community and a lot of people in the middle of like wherever you live, if you find this podcast on iTunes, it's something that you can like really hold on to and get you through high school or right. through your own problem. And, and you've got the potential for a for an original uh, cast recording because this is all music. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, Eric is a great composer, and David has been a blast to work with. But doing like original music recording, it's just fun. I haven't actually heard my episode yet. Have you but, not? They haven't said it to you. No. Um, I should actually find out if I can listen to it. Um, no, it's, it's cool. It's cool to get. I, I did a lot of like I've done a lot of voiceovers in my life, so it's like in the world of what I do. Mm-hmm. But definitely fun to sing songs yeah. that are completely brand new. Wow. Yeah. Have you done a v- any voiceovers that we would recognize? Yeah, like I was the voice of Boots on Dora the Explorer. <laughs> my producer just went crazy. Uh, um, but beyond, beyond my, a lot of like, um, yeah. a lot of voiceovers as a kid. I did a bunch of mo- I did uh, Tarzan two. Yeah, I was Tarzan. Glenn Close played my mom, and she just won a Golden Globe yeah. yesterday. Um, yesterday, yeah. it was amazing. Um, no, I've done. I've been in the like in a studio working yeah. for. So we had a blast doing this because I mean they sent the material over and I just I vibed with it instantly. But then when we were actually there, me and Troy just like turned like turned it up a level and just made it our own, even though we had just met each other that morning. So you guys are real life bros now? Yeah, we're real life bros. It turns out he's now in Be More Chill, and I'm friends with like. Every, I'm part of like Joe's family, and like <laughs> it, it all is a it's it's a weird yeah. circle of life. This this island of eight million people is so tiny. Oh yeah, it's a very small world in like yeah, yeah in this in the theater world, it's it's infinitely small. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for uh, this quick little interview here. Awesome. Really appreciate it.
Now here is Connor Ryan, who is Johnny in episodes one and nine of Loveville High. You love podcasts, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wish I was like more of a podcast, podcast person. I, I only listen to a couple. I listen to Pod Save America and Fresh Air, which is more a radio show than a podcast. And um, yeah, but I, I love it. And uh, yeah, it's a great way to, to, to learn some information while you're riding the train. So when, when somebody came to you and said, yo, Connor, yeah. They literally said, yo, uh, I've got this new audition, this new thing for you. I want you to audition for it, but it's a podcast. What was the first thing that went through your head? Um, you know, as always, like, I think most young actors starting out is just like, yes, 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 anything and everything. Like, I, I you know, I never turn my nose up at anything unless I can't, I physically can't be there, you know, at that time. So, um, on top of that, on top of wanting to accept anything coming my way, um, I also know David and, um, and thought the concept was a really cool idea and was like overly thrilled to, to get to be involved. Yeah. yeah. So I was just thinking like, awesome, let's do it. And who is your character in Loveville High? So I, I'm, I played Johnny yeah. in, in episode one and nine. Um, this specific relationship in the context of all the relationships that you'll get exposed to over the course of the nine episodes is um, a relationship, a, a heterosexual relationship between a young man and a young woman in high school seniors getting ready to graduate. They're high school sweethearts and they kind of feel like the outcasts, the, uh, the misfits of, of their high school. Pose for picture. And, hey, and uh, yeah, they're, 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 they, they feel like the poor kids. Whether or not they are the poor kids, I don't, I'm not really sure, but, but, but they, they certainly feel like the poor kids. They feel like the underprivileged losers amongst their classmates. And which I kind of think, on some level, most people can relate to, and um, and and yeah, it's, uh, I play Johnny and Haley Kilgore plays Jane, and yeah, that's interesting. That you said most people you feel like can relate to that. Do you do you feel the majority of people go through life with imposter syndrome? And pop, I think so. I think so. Yeah, I think that's kind of a part of the human experience. Well, now, unless, unless you're like living a really cushy nepotism life, or like you inherited your dad's job but even that person probably feels like everybody here probably thinks I'm just here because I'm my dad's son and, and I don't deserve to be here I think yeah I think most people experience that kind of like I don't belong here thing right that's sort of a human thing I think so I think it's it's kind of human nature if you're a normal person yeah, to sort of I, question it I think so yeah and I, I think the thing about Level High is they've done a really great job of trying to make these people real people these kids real kids which is something that even for me who I was in high school like a decade ago which isn't that long and um, you're not a real kid I get it it just makes me feel like I'm yeah I, I it would be really hard to be a kid today and I haven't I, I'm, I feel still like a kid but to be a high school kid it'd be really hard and so it's, it's yeah the, the authenticity of what they've written is really cool because people, kids nowadays with these shootings and you know, everything that's going on politically in our country, it's really hard to be a teenager right now. Right. 
did you did you draw from your own experiences, like from going to prom, going to high school, and all this, or was this? Um, I have to admit that, that I've never done a podcast before, so it was really kind of shot out of canon. You get there, and you and you you you, you have the script, and you have a couple hours to record it, and so there wasn't a lot of like really deep character work going. I was just kind of trying to fly by the seat of my pants and bring as much truth to the character as I could in the short amount of time I had with it. So I, I, I wasn't actively thinking about bringing in my own high school experience, but I'm sure there's some of that in there. I mean, you know, we've all been in, we've all been high schoolers at some point, right? You are such an animated person. Even having sitting here with me, standing here with me, having this serious conversation, you're like, you're all over the place. Oh yeah. And even yeah, I've had a couple of drinks. <laughs> and in different desperate measures. Oh yeah. My God, like slapstick all over the place. Do you do you have you ever had to play a role where you had to like be stiff and and not fluid? God, probably. The one isn't jumping to my mind right now, but yeah, Desert Measures was an amazing opportunity to get to like explore all that weird physical comedy. And I'm in a show right now where I'm playing a rock star, so I get to do all that weirdness still. Yeah. But I think, yeah, like, like for example, like in, you know how in high school or college you get to play these parts that you should never play. <laughs> you know, because like there's nobody in, else. In college, to I, I was Jean Valjean and. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a little stiff for me, to be honest. That was yeah. that was a little that was yeah, you know yeah. But that's that's fun. Getting to do stuff that's challenging is it's always fun. That's amazing. So what did you what did you like the most about Loveville High? And what do you hope that that happens out of this? Um, was it you that just a few minutes ago was talking about the sense of community? I think it was Jordan. No, it was somebody else. Yeah, uh, I think that. Even though I don't, I haven't met hardly any of these people uh, attached to this. I feel connected to them, and that to me is the coolest thing. Is that like I, I had like an hour with Haley, but didn't get to know her very much. But the other night I saw Once on the Silent, and she saw me in the audience, and afterwards was like, "Is that Connor?" And I was like, "I was certain she wouldn't even remember me. We only spent an hour together, you know." Yeah. And so it's a sense of like connection with people, even if even if it's um, a distant connection or or sort of a six degrees of whatever podcast separation <laughs> it's cool to feel a part of something bigger than just you yeah. and um, a part of something that is about inclusivity so it feels like yep. just really nice to get to be a part of the, of the weird little club of weirdos that made this podcast I heard once that uh, the, the Guardians of the Galaxy cast never met Bradley Cooper before the press junkets oh wow because as as Rocket, you know, the, he was never there on set. He was always just in a voiceover booth. So yeah, yeah, same concept, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's also like the like classic story of Meryl Streep not ever talking to Anne Hathaway for the entirety of. Uh, oh, no, that's not really the, the same thing. No, no, you know what's a better example? I was thinking of, I was thinking of a, a Dolores Prada example. Yes, that's, not, that's more yes. kind of method acting yes, example. Yes. You know what? Those actors in Game of Thrones who have been on the same show for like a decade and oh, have yeah. never I'm, met each other, yeah. that's a better example. Okay. Listeners. Okay. <laughs> Connor Ryan, over and out. <laughs> Coming up now is Mason Alexander Park, who plays Gendrix in episodes two, three, and nine. 
connected with this very unique project here? Um, Michael Casera just contacted my agents and, and sent the script over for this episode and asked if it was a, a character that I'd be interested in. And so I read it and they sent demos along with it of the music and I was just really, I, I don't know, it was, it was like a really exciting thing to be asked to be a part of because podcast musicals haven't really become a thing yet and I know that it's something a lot of people are attempting to to bring back and that like the old days of radio theater and trying to make it a little I don't know it's it's an interesting medium that I was like I was very uh, excited at the idea of getting to be a part of it's funny it's funny you say radio theater that's that's a common theme throughout the night it, it, like uh, Harrison was said earlier that it harkens back to the days of sitting around uh, like in the 20s and 30s where families would like listen to War of the Worlds yes. you know? yeah yeah you know exactly I mean that's that's, all, that's immediately what I thought of it's like I, my brain went to War of the Worlds and all these like just so many random um, things that I used to listen to when I was a kid and um, before podcasts really had taken over and, um, and so it's cool that now that because podcasts are such a massive medium that people are, are listening to all the time and it's allowed room for us to create a more, I don't know, a weirdly artistic and kind of a creative version of a musical within that new, yeah. uh, within that new world. Yeah, I, I love it. And I, I'm going to switch gears dramatically here. Listening to you speak, you have a low voice. <laughs> but holy crap, man. Like, you just sang so damn high. Uh, Thank you. Um, I, I, was, I was blessed with a very weird range. Um, so it just depends on, like, what you know, whatever the character kind of requires. I, uh, I try to alter, alter what, my What is your range? Um, I, when I was younger, I thought it was a baritone. But over time, I've... I've been cast as so many tenors that I think it helped stretch uh, my uh, my vocal cords a little bit more than they probably were um, <laughs> built for. Um, but I do, yeah. I'm, I'm a high baritone and uh, and I also do counter tenor. I can sing female wow. soprano. Wow, which that, is that's a, fun a good party one. trick. I I was in chorus. I was forced to sing bass, but then I was like, if I'm going to do anything, anything professionally, yeah, I have to like, do I have to sing tenor. So I'm like stuck in this weird, stupid baritone range. Yeah. Not that baritones are stupid. I'm not saying that baritones. <laughs> no. No, don't send me hate mail. Uh, but so, what did you like the most about being involved with this? Um, I thought I thought that the source material was really um, it was just really well well written and well researched. Um, it's like growing up, I as a as like a theater kid, there weren't a lot of things that I could listen to or watch that was like in a musical medium that really resonates with what it feels like to be a high school. I mean, we had high school musical, like my generation had that, and we also had um, Glee, which, uh, like... I had that. Yeah, like, like yeah. you know, Glee was, Glee was the yeah. thing, and that was, that was a really defining moment in my life. Like, I remember both of those things and, and Spring Awakening. And certain, like, there were milestones where you were like, oh, young people can do theater, and, like, there is theater written for young people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I know that this, this kind of came for them as an idea because like it also is is something that can be done in classroom settings. It can be done in colleges and high schools as, as these isolated 10 minute scenes. And to me, that was super uh, unique and super exciting because I, you know, I went to college for musical theater and I, I remember the struggle of like, okay, well, what fits your type and what fits your age range and what fits like, you know, uh, like finding the perfect scene into a song. And, and just, I remember the stress of, uh, of, of us trying to find material that was good to work in in the classroom setting. And these, these, each episode is is designed to where it can also function in that way. And um, your your character, are you, 
how, how does it work? Your character is in like one or two of the episodes of the whole thing. And My, who is your character? I think Gendrix is in three. Um, I, in the second, the third, and the, the last episode. Um, but the second episode is really Gendrix is like big. Um, yeah. It's it's the episode where I meet Isaac's character um, and uh, and where we get to sing Sparkle Like Bowie, which is the only song that I've recorded. Um, so it's it's a it's a very special episode for me because I, I was the one that I really got a chance to like learn a lot about about Jendrick's character and, and how they identify and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it was fun because when they approached me about Jendrix, like there were no really defining qualities or, or rules about the character yet. It was sort of like we know we want the character to be. Um, a, uh, a an, an opportunity to represent the LGBTQ community and especially the like on the gender spectrum as opposed to just sexuality because I mean growing up like there was no shortage of, of queer representation in like theater when it came to um, like uh, like gays and straights and that kind of thing but when it came to the gender spectrum like that was entirely uh, left to like Hedwig and and Frankenfurter and Rocky yeah. Horror and like there are very few roles that I remember. Um, finding that like I don't know finding that androgyny and that kind of um, gender fluidity in, yeah. in a role and so this was really cool because that was like the main thing his sexuality or their sexuality wasn't necessarily the topic of discussion so much as it was like well how does this character translate in you know in, a, in 2018 and, yeah. and now that kids have more representation and have the opportunity to discover more about not only their, their sexuality but their gender identity in, in, at a young age it's, it's a very different world that uh, I, like when I I was growing up, I didn't have that kind of thing. Yeah, how, so, how old are you now? Can I ask that? Uh, I'm 23. So not, in, yeah, not, not <laughs> it wasn't too long ago that I was a teenager. So I'm 38. <laughs> and and my, I grew up, I didn't have broadband until I went to college. Yeah. Right? And I see, I see now. I didn't. I didn't have exposure to any of this because I didn't have the internet. I had. I had dial-up. I had 56k dial-up modem literally until my freshman year of college. So I didn't know. I didn't know how to find people on chat boards. I didn't know how to find people who were like me or not like me or like it was just different. And and I mean. So for me, going from living, growing up analog, and now being an adult in digital world seems slightly different. You're quite a few years younger than me, but how has it changed for you between like when you were in high school and like you said now? Yeah, I grew up in a, like I feel like my generation was sort of on a weird cusp where, um, depending on your class system and depending on just sort of like where uh, the way that you grew, grew up, you either grew up in kind of a pre-internet world like I, that wasn't. I didn't really have access to the internet. Until until I was, you know, in, in elementary school, which is like <laughs> crazy to think. Uh -huh. Oh my god! You know, like I was so so old at that point. Um, uh, but like, you know, I didn't have we didn't have Instagram or Facebook or any of that kind of stuff until I was getting out of middle school and going into high school. And I didn't even have my first cell phone until I was in high school. And I like I to go from seeing how I grew up to now like thinking about a kid that's in high school now and had access to Instagram since they were in middle school and, and had that sort of weird interconnected lonely but super like embracing strangely connected uh, I don't know the, the, the internet is just like a fascinating thing and so I've seen so much of a change especially with 
theater. Um, I mean, things like Be More Chill wouldn't really exist five, six years ago because there was no such thing as online, you know, like outrage yeah. sort of. Spotify <laughs> hadn't been around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like there was no way that that it would have it would have been able to survive in such a specific way. And so we're very lucky that we. I think that this theater generation is incredibly lucky yeah. that it's it's allowed people to really access information and access musical theater a lot a lot easier. And I mean, I'm lucky I had YouTube when I grew up because that's how I saw any kind of musical. You know, I didn't really grow up going to see a lot of shows in person because um, I know a lot of kids my age didn't, unless they lived close to New York or a place where it was easier. Um, and so I had, yeah, like bootlegs of Cabaret with Alan Cumming and that kind of stuff that got me into it. And that was about it. And then television, you know, and, and thank God for doing like, It's the silliest thing. And like, even when I was 16 and being interviewed for other projects and TV shows that I, I was a part of, I remember kept going back to that show because I was like, that's the thing that made me realize that there was um, more than just like uh, people in New York that cared about it and that it could be turned into a television show uh, that revolved around themes that had to do a lot with, you know, show business and musical theater and stuff, and that, like, people actually were interested in seeing that kind of stuff and, and watching characters sing and that sort of thing, and so that was exciting to me. That was seven years ago. Yeah, long time ago. Wow, that was a long time ago. I know. Well, thank you so much for being a part of this, and, and thank you for speaking with me today. Is there anything else you want to plug real quick about Love Hill High? Uh, Love Hill High is super, it's super unique and super cool, and there are so many incredibly talented um, artists and actors that were a part of it. Um, and I think it's a, it's a very once-in-a-lifetime kind of um, thing that's going to set the bar, I think, for a lot of future musicals that are to come. I know my friend John Cameron Mitchell is writing one now called Anthem. That's a podcast musical that should be coming out soon. And uh, as far as, as that goes, I don't know a lot uh, about any others that are coming out. But it's cool and it's exciting to think that there will be more like this and that I got to be a part of this one. Well, like, this, is, this is the beginning, so yeah. thank you for taking a chance on it. Thank you. Now, last but certainly not least, please enjoy this chat with Adam Rothenberg from callmeadam.com. We are here with Call Me Adam. Yes. So what is your your full name? My full name is Adam Rothenberg. And what do you do? I host my own website where I interview actors and performers. Uh, I ask them the heartfelt and fun questions other sites don't. And um, people seem to uh, open up to me about things they haven't talked about in previous interviews. And uh, what attracted you to Loveville High tonight? Uh, several things. The cast, for sure. Uh, I've seen a lot of them in different Broadway shows, and they're fantastic. And I just love the concept of it, that it's uh, nine, ten-minute episodes. It tells a musical theater story in throughout the whole ten episodes, but each episode is sort of self-contained, so you can listen to just one episode at a time. And I think it's a really fresh and innovative way to present musical theater to audiences. Are you a fan of podcasts? I am. What is your favorite podcast? Um... My favorite, uh, I would say, one of my favorite is uh, Kathy Lee Gifford's podcast. I, <laughs> I, I, I have adored her for years, and I just love the, I love the questions she asks her interviewees, and she's always delightful to listen to. 
Are you, and that's probably not <laughs> what you were expecting. No, it was not at all, but it, there is no wrong answer. That's good. Uh, how did you get started with your own website? Where did this come from? Um, well, I used to do stand-up comedy on the side of having a day job, and the stand-up comedy obviously didn't go anywhere. So I was still looking for a way to interview people. I, I mean, I'm sorry. I was looking for a way to entertain people. And uh, I read a lot of interviews, and I was like, well, I have questions I want to ask. And I just started emailing people I knew in, in the theater community, being like, hey, I have a, a blog, and would you want to be part of it? And then I started contacting press reps, and I started getting bigger names, and now uh, I, I get a lot of interviews of uh, a range of people, from people just starting out all the way up to more well-known names. And some of the people I've interviewed over the 10 years have been uh, Sutton Foster, um, Kathleen Turner, Olivia Newton-John, um, uh, oh my God! Now, of course, like I'm forgetting <laughs> everybody. Um, I mean, Olivia Newton-John, though that wow, like that's an icon in in this industry. Yes, yes. Oh, George Takai from Star Trek. Yes, yes. I actually got to go to his apartment and do the interview, and I sat with him for like an hour and a half. It was incredible. Have you met his husband, Brad? Was he there I too? I did. Yes, very I, nice. I met George and Brad years ago, and they're two of the nicest guys. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So. Oh, and Gap, Gavin Creel, I've interviewed, yeah. um, who I love. Um, God, there's there. It's Charles Bush, Julie Halston. No I mean, just incredible, incredible people. I've been very lucky. I feel very fortunate. So why do you continue to come back and do this? You said you've been doing it for ten years. Yeah. Like, why do you continue to do this? I love. I love it. I absolutely love it. I love meeting people. I love learning about people. I love. Um, finding out what makes them tick. It's just, it's so much fun for me. That's amazing. So where where can we find you? Where can we find all of your interviews? Uh, you can find them all at my website, on my website, callmeadam.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at callmeadamnyc. And um, yeah, follow, follow me. I would love it. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for talking. Thank you, Alan. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this wonderful bonus episode. To find and subscribe to Loveville High, you can start by visiting lovevillehigh.com. And you should also follow them on Instagram at lovevillehigh or just simply search for Loveville High everywhere you find podcasts today. To get more of me, as always, you can find me online on Instagram and Twitter at theater underscore podcast or on Facebook slash official theater podcast. Wherever you're listening now, please rate and give an honest review. I love reading them. And you can visit on the web, thetheaterpodcast.com. This podcast is also produced by Jillian Hockman. And as always, thank you to our friends Jukebox the Ghost for the intro and outro music that you always hear every single episode. See you later. Take a deep breath, make the world a little colorful. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.